Let's chop it up with your boy Zaz. Hey. Uh, you ready? No chase this you. Hey, 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 yeah, hey. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. Yeah, let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. All right, this is. Let's chop it up with Zaz, and we got Elder Sensei, a.k.a. Mr. Artifacts. All right, What's peace, What's going yo. on, brother? Peace. Everything is good. Everything is good. I'm, I'm surviving through these little crazy times right now, so. Ooh, tell uh, me about I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Nice, nice, nice. So what you been up to, man? What's going on? Break break it down. Give us a little a little update of what you've been doing, man. Well, um, rather than complaining about the COVID, I just been, <laughs> I've been in the studio. Um, me and Tame finishing up this new Artifacts album uh, with Buck Wild from DITC. Oof, beautiful. Um, yeah, man, and that's like you know full circle for us because we put out our first hit record with Buck uh, for us. Come on with the Get Down and the remix with Buck. Uh, I mean with Buster. So you know, in between doing, I'm doing a lot. You know, I got like four solo albums ready to go back to back to back to back. You know, me and Sadat X, uh, we put out an album last year called XL. XL, yeah. Yeah, man, we're working on the double XL now. So uh, we about to start on that. But I got, like, uh, you know, a lot of new producers. Uh, my friend Jake Palumbo, I got an album with him. He's from uh, Tennessee. Uh, he lives in Brooklyn now. Um, I got an album with a, my friend Tony Galvin. He's in Atlanta uh, by way of Miami. Um, we got a, a nice one. I got a bunch of features on there. Uh, Sal Rock is on that album. Oof. Uh, yeah, I love her, man. Dope. I love her, Yeah, bro. yeah. I got uh, Money Love on the joint. Um, my man Shabam Sadiq from Brooklyn, he's on the joint. You know, Oof. I'm just trying to spread the spread the love. My man David Ghetto from he's from Jersey, but he lives in Miami now. I got him on the song, and I'm just pretty much just trying to like you know show people that as far as what's going on right now, we're not going outside to do no shows or anything like that. So it's a it's a certain way you can move. When you know you're talking about if you got a merch game going, <clears throat> so I've been doing that a lot too, selling uh, hoodies and t-shirts and hats. Yes, whatever the case may be, you know this is all not knowing this was going to happen, but this was kind of what I wanted to do without this. So it's, it's still, still, it's still working out though. But you've been holding it down. Uh, you got a very good presence on social media. You got a nice yeah, following man. on social media, man. So that's a good you 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 took into that and took advantage of that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I is I always tell people it's a certain way you treat Instagram and Instagram will treat you good too. You know, because there's a lot of people on there, you know, wasting time. You know, if you somebody and you got an outlet, that's a way to use it. Because you know, there's no pointer is to learn to use it. You know, it's just pretty much I tell everybody like. You can't be in the studio, then you on stage, and then you listening to beats. Then you got a picture of your kids, and you eating at the restaurant, and some chick pictures and ass pictures, and then like you going back to the recording. So you confusing everybody. You know, I tell everybody if you're not going to use it like that, get a business page and get a separate page for when you want to just mess around. That's There's, right. That's that's going to confuse anybody that's trying to follow you, and it's not going to be helpful to your brand because you know you have to post 
three times a day, four, five, six times, because that, that algorithm it moves like this. You know, you got I'll tell dudes you gotta post one in the morning, afternoon, at night. And you can't be on there late at night after 10 o'clock trying to post something because they might going to sleep. And then it's going to be hours on there until they see it when they wake up in the morning. Yep. So if you're trying to sell anything, you got to get up in the morning and start doing everything then. So, you know, I just, I learned how to use Instagram in a way that I wasn't doing before. And it's funny because you see all the memories that pop up and you be like, damn, right there, I was gaming right there. I was like, I wouldn't even, and, and you, could you see what you're doing when you focused and you're doing everything right and you look at everything when you wasn't focused you're like damn I was, I was gaming myself right there yeah so yeah i learned to just like all right let me just make a decision on it's just gonna be everything business everything you know to show what i'm trying to do because at the end of the day that's what everybody on there for anyway exactly exactly that's what I do. I try to take advantage of that, man. You see what it got us together. Right, you know exactly. I mean? so yep. You got it. You got to use it for the right way. Yeah. So tell me, it was an it was an amazing time when you was coming up with the artifacts. How was that? You was in the middle of everything. Right. I remember the shows, man. I seen you a few times in the shows mm -hmm. with a bunch of different artists. How was that? Because you crossed paths with everybody during that yeah. first album. Like I tell everybody this, you know, uh, we put out wrong side and we put the album out. We put the album out in the same week as Red Man and Met the Man. I mean, like every heavyweight record you could think of came out the same day as ours. Jay Ruta Damager, everything. So when you're talking about a group from Jersey where everybody thought we was from New York until they saw the videos and they saw New Jersey Transit and no police cars, they'd be like, oh, these, these dudes from Jersey. So, you know, we was a little machine, you know, but even when the first week of the record came out, I remember we sold like almost 10,000 copies and the label was like, oh, wow. Like we didn't even expect y'all to do that, you know, but it just showed them that for the record that we put out, we didn't think that a record about graffiti would be a hit record because we wasn't thinking about making a certain kind of song for them to put out. Uh, we were just really like just making a record that we wanted to make like all artists when they first get their chance to make a record you make that that classic if so, so to say you know so we had a lot riding on us as far as just like everybody that we knew from jersey came out under someone or was put out with someone so naughty had latifa lewis had molly mall redman had epmd yeah uh you know and as far as in our neighborhood and and we came and we was rocking with, with uh, Brand Nubian. That's how me and, you know, we all got with, with Sadat and Jamar. So we got our start on Stretching Barbito. So we never got to do the demos, putting them out, you know, getting listened to my demo days and getting rejected and stuff like that because everybody in New York heard us on Stretching Bob. So just so happened, uh, Stretch and my man Daddy Reef, they was friends with, with Barbito and Stretch. And they worked at Atlantic at Big B Records. So mm -hmm. everything kind of just fell in line. But I noticed all the friends that they had. John Schechter worked at The Source. Scott Free and Maddie C worked at uh, Loud. So all of the people that they were with, that they was friends with, were all associated with people that were putting out records. So Reef and Stretch had something for them to say, like, yo, we got these dudes from Jersey. And they different. And for 
and I don't want to say this wrong, but for what me and Tame did and still do, coming from where we come from, uh, it was mistaken that we was from New York because of what we do, as far as associated with with graffiti. We talking, we were talking about b boying. We talking about all the things we grew up doing that we felt like nobody else was doing them anymore. So we just was like, okay, Jamar. Now I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a nice fact. Lord Jamar produced, if you don't know, produced the original Wrong Side of the Tracks song. Mm. Uh, the way you hear it today is because we couldn't clear the sample for the song that he did. So we had, the way you hear it today is the way everybody think it is. But if we put out a, a 45 with the demo version on the B side, and it's on F5 Records, uh, is a color vinyl, but we put the demo version out because Jamar, the way do you hear the song? He read, he wrote the hook. He said the hook. We just couldn't get him to do it again in time to put the record out. But wow, that that time frame for us was like even for Jamar and them, they because we was rocking with them. And then when we did that. He heard about everything through the grapevine, through the through the New York streets, just because we was on Stretch and Bob. So. That was the we platform, man. Right, right. So we didn't get a chance to, to do all of the <clears throat> play the, the label of the song we had, but we played them all on Stretch and Bob, and we just released them on a Lost Files album uh, with Smoke on Records last year. So we the, people did get to hear it. So nice. you know, us us being like that, it was more or less we were considered more of an official underground group from New Jersey. Where say you know all the groups that's from Jersey all made hit records. So you talking about Red Man, Naughty by Nature, Lords of the Underground, and then here we come. Mm. We talking about and our song is talking about graffiti, and we paying homage to the culture. And for for New York for New York cats and everybody else, we were the first group to bring that to light. Not say everybody else didn't, but we concentrated more on that. And the one thing I say about Jersey. None of the artists sound the same. Everybody sound different. This is like you can't say like where you listen to Queens rappers, they sound like Queens rappers. You go to Brooklyn, they sound like, they sound Brooklyn, like Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? You go to Harlem, you hear it. When you come to Jersey, it's so vast. So you got poor righteous teachers, like Kim Shabazz. But you could tell when Flavor Unit was together because they had a, a sound to their crew. Yes. Different different members. So Lati, Apache, like Kim. You can listen to them, and you can tell it come from the vein of 45 King. And a lot of people don't even know 45 King is from Jersey. He don't live too far from me, as a matter of fact. Ain't that something? A lot of people think that he's from California. Yeah, or, or even New York. Yep, yep, yep. 45 King had his hands on everything back then. Yeah, man, early, early. And he still, he still, still got joints, though. Still got so, joints. so let me ask you, what made you guys take a break, you and Tame? Well, actually, um, <clears throat> we split up in uh, 97 after we did the, that's the record, you know, due to the fact that, you know, we, we was trying to just keep up with something that we knew the label wasn't keeping up with. And mm-hmm. I remember I remember when the my man Ben at the label at the time, we had put out a remix for Dynamite Soul. We had Who I Am on the B-side, and I remember him, he saw me at the label, he brought me in his office, he closed the door, and he said, "L, look, whatever's going on with that with y'all right now is because y'all been on tour. He said, I'm not even probably supposed to be telling you this, but you know, anything that's generated from this record that going on is because of y'all. Nobody in here really cares. He said, so just remember one thing. Even after you leave here, you only as good as your last record. And he walked out the door. I was like, mm-hmm. damn. 
So you add that <clears throat> onto just life shit happening where, you know, when things ain't going the way you want them to go, you got two grown men, things were expected to happen and then, then it don't. So yeah, you get sour feelings. You get, uh, like I said, life st stuff start happening and you got to pay bills. And, and when it's not working, we pretty much was like, you know, it was never no fights or us beefing or anything like that. We pretty much was burnt out, you know, just from trying to trying to keep trying to make these people at this label understand what we about. And they already kind of knew. And it was almost like a, a never ending fight. You know, you got people getting hired, people getting fired. People don't know how to work the project. And, you know, as, as much as we had all the press we could have uh, at that label and, and the ride was good. You know, I don't regret nothing that we no. did there because as you can see, like you said, we talking now. Yes, so indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we did there and they can't say nothing about us bad as far as our work ethic and what we put into that, that those two albums. And, you know, we got back together in 2008 in a dope kind of way uh, in Jersey at a park, Rocksteady Anniversary. Uh, I was on stage by myself, do it all from the Lord's is like, he know I'm about to go on. So he's coming to me like, yo, I'm about to go get tame. And I'm looking at him cause he know, he know what's going on. So he, uh, was texting my man, Porno, he's a graffiti artist from here, from here. And Porno was in the crowd and he, and I see him looking at his phone and him and do it all texting each other. So. <laughs> Uh, at that moment, um, Porno go and find Tame, and him and him and Ryan, him and do it all go meet, and they grab Tame and bring him up on stage. Yo, the whole whole part, cause they know they, they knew, bro. It was silence. It was like crickets, cause you didn't know what was gonna happen. So I remember him walking up on the stage. There's pictures I can show you too after this is over, where he gets on the stage and he put his foot on the speaker in front of him. He looked at me. I looked at him and I he, we both stuck our hand out at the same time. We shook hands and my man just threw on the music. It was like uh I was like, damn, did y'all plan this? It was so so put oh, together man, nicely. Beautiful. Yo, you would have thought everybody in that crowd was exploding of joy because everybody you see people all caught up in their feelings. Look at y'all. But wow. they like, yo, man, this needed to happen. And it it did, because you know, that was a long that was a long time. Like that was over ten years, you know, of not speaking, not anything and then from that moment we just went on we got back in the studio we started going on tour Ooh. and we ain't, we ain't looked back since then you know we've been on a couple of uh features marco polo port authority two album uh we had a song on there called back to work and we just been in, doing that but we know we knew i told him even just touring you know we've been touring over the all these years off of two records and like I told him, I said, yo, if, we, if we're going to do anything like how you want it to be tamed, we got to make another album. And yes. that's when we, we got with Buck. And we, it's like maybe 10 or 11 songs on this record. And it's going to take you, it's going to take you back to a time where, Oof. you know, you, you ain't even going to feel like we even split up. It just looked like we just took a hiatus. Took a hiatus, man, I tell you. But to be honest with you, I was always, you know, asking myself that, like, man, what happened to to L and Tame, man. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you guys did a great job of not putting it out there like that. You know what I mean? So that that was good right, for right, you guys right. doing that. So you guys had amazing solo careers, you know, as it is. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that your first, 
your first solo one was an instrumental album. Well, actually, it was the the relax relating release, uh, and we, we we released the the vocals and the instrumental album too. Okay, so it was vocals uh, and instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put the okay, we put the instrumental okay. album out a little bit later. Okay, a lot of it was a lot of tracks on there, and and people was asking for it, so we actually put it put it out like that, and I was happy because. You know, we didn't have to do too much when it was time to do the shows. We just threw the vinyl on and go. Threw the vinyl on and go. Okay. Yeah. So how was that transition being with Tame that whole time and now you got to mm -hmm. go into a, to a, you know, solo project? How was that transition? That was hard. I can tell you that right now because, yeah, I'm going to tell you because getting into that, you know, I, I took a year, two years off after we split up and maybe like 98, 99, I started getting phone calls, people I knew. And I remember my boy, uh, Matt Fingers, he got a label called Guess Wild Records. And he used to come to the studio all the time. We was rec recording the first album. He was like a little younger then, but he always used to come to me like, yo, if you ever, you know, get a situation where y'all get off the label, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I work with you. So I never say I didn't think nothing of it. But I just was like always like, you know, he's my friend. So, you know, all right, cool. I always kept that in my back pocket. So yeah. once everything happened and then I started getting phone calls and different labels and stuff, you know, because I hadn't done anything. I had no records. So I called him up and I said, Matt, remember when you said to me if I ever get off this label, if I wanted to do some work? <laughs> <laughs> he, was like, he was like, yeah, what's up? I said, well, I'm, I'm ready to pull that car right now. So he said, what'd you, and he's, he's like, oh, word? I said, yeah, all right, yes, what's up? And he's like, well, <clears throat> if you had the choice to do a record with somebody, who would it be like right now? And I was like, well, I know Organized Confusion probably about to go through the same thing me and Tane went through, so I'll, I'll get them. So I have my, he had two artists he was working with, Mike Zoot and FT. Mm. So I knew FT's music, I knew F, uh, Mike's music, so I was like, all right, cool, tell him to come to the studio. Uh, Sean J. Period, you know, I had a relationship with him already working with Artifacts, so I told him to come. He gave me a track. And Farrell was one of my favorite rappers. So for me to be in the studio with him and Poe, you know, I know them already, but to do a song with them, you know, I'm, I'm in the booth with Monty. He's like, yo, you like that? I was like, ah, do I like it? <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, get out of the booth right now. You're good. Yeah. So, you know, that night was dope because that was the start of my career as far as the solo artist because I was nervous. You know, just not knowing how people are going to feel about it. You know, I, I, it's not just me anymore. They're not hearing tame voice. It's, it's nobody to play off of. So it's like I have to write, like, mad verses now. Uh, one thing that did was make me get a little better. Yes. Uh, through the years, um, knowing that I have to do this on my own. So I, I, I had to do two things. I had to... Uh, make sure I wasn't going too far away from Artifacts music, but also reinvent myself in a way of where it's just only me. So I have to do extra. I had to really do extra on, on the writing part because I had to make up for what Tame was bringing to the group and what I was bringing. Now it's just me. And the first couple of records did good. You know, I did the Frontline record with them. Yes. And then um, I did a Brothers Ain't Got It, a song I did with my man P Original, Rest in Peace. Uh, we uh, A label in Japan picked it up. We went actually went to Japan and did a whole big thing out there, recorded records with cats out there. We was doing shows. So that's when I figured, like, okay, you know, maybe I can do it. 
And it was only because I was making good songs and working with my man, my man P Original, I got a chemistry with him where the music started sounding like reminiscent of what people remember me and Tane were doing, but it just, for me, lyrically, it made me step it up a little more. So that was the one thing I was afraid of more than anything was if people wanted to hear me by myself. Once yeah. I got past that part, and then the features kept coming, and then it was like... You, you flew. Yeah, before I got the deal with the Relax, Relate, and Release, uh, I went to Seven Heads Record to ask them for the meeting. Before that, uh, even this dude at the label, when I, when I came to him, he said, well, you know, you've been doing a lot of records, man, like over the last, you know, year, two years. So like, I said, but those are like singles. Like, I was putting out a, vinyl, a lot of vinyl out and um, fat, doing work with Fat Beats and everything, too. So I was pretty much like, you can't tell me I'm doing too much because these these records I was doing was like working on a 10-day track. Every time I put another record out, I got my contract extended. So whether if it was working with Fat Beats or Up, uh, Up Above Records or Blindside Records, all these different labels was only hitting me because all the records that I was doing up to that point where I was like, okay, I, I can't keep doing this. I got to get a deal. And that's when I got to deal with them, put the album out with them. And more and more, like I started, and then I started going to Europe, working with cats like the Returners, uh, these dudes yeah. from Poland. So I was working with them and just like everything just started working. So it only made it better in a sense, a blessing in disguise because even Tame's career solo-wise went a whole another yes. level, you know, working on his own. And when we got back together and even when we did the tour in 2012, we was able to do his solo songs, my solo songs, and still do artifact stuff. So we was mixing everything together and was able to look at it to say, damn, maybe that, not say it was supposed to happen, but maybe probably it was because working with Atlantic, I don't care if it's Big Beat, it's still Atlantic record. They don't have a good track record with working with hip hop artists. Cause no. it's like one is as as a everything label, it's an R and B label, a rock label. Yes. So they, and they concentrate and at the time. The label was concentrating more on Junior Mafia. What well, mm. you can't, you know, Little Kim was blowing up. Yeah. Biggie, Biggie involved, you know, Un Rivera involved. So a lot of this stuff we we couldn't compete with, as far as like being on TV and played on the radio constantly like they were. So you know that yeah. played a lot of part. That that played a part in that too. But it all that did was just make me and Tame stronger. But later on, because. The one thing that we did in our contract that we said we wanted, even they fought it, they fought us for it too. Like, yo, y'all can y'all can keep everything, but let us walk with this name. So when we go away, we can go to any label and still have this. We own this. Yes. Yeah, that's a good that the name means a lot, man. That's branding, yeah. you know? Exactly. When you brand that, you're ready, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Hey, L, where you get the name El De Sensei? Okay. <clears throat> that came from uh because I watched a lot of anime um, and <laughs> even coming up, you know, uh, watching Kung Fu movies, I cut hair. So on Saturdays, I used to go down the street to the barbershop and I said, and it'd be crowded. So I see dudes, but I would cut my hair first, walk down there and I see dudes I know. And, you know, we probably smoked down there and they'd be like, yo, who cut your hair? I said, I did. Like, you did. Like, yo, you cut. I said, yeah. So I'll be taking customers from the dude. Bar so I have like three dudes come from down there and they come in my room. So while I'm cutting one dude here, I got them waiting, sitting down, and I'm just playing movies. So one movie came on, and um, 
the dude just in the movie kept saying sensei sensei so i cutting my man's hair i'm cutting doing his lineup and, it's, and I'm, i do it sharp and my man's like yo you doing that shit like it's sharp like a blade and the dude said it again like sensei like you said yeah like a sensei blade like that like that and then then he started he's like yo, and the way you rap it's kind of different so it's like I think that it fit, and then the name just just fit because I was MCL to Sensei. Then I just took the MC off, so that pretty much is how that happened, and then I just stuck with it. Nice, nice. That's that's cool, man. That's cool. So tell me, so the unusual. Mm -hmm. How was it making that project? That was fun. Cause to me, that project, even though you put out the vocal and and the. Um, and the other one, Relax, uh, Relate, Release, you know, the, the vocal. Right. I felt like this album was the one that everybody was like, Elder Sensei from Artifacts, yo. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Because I feel like Fat Beats was in the middle of everything. So when you mm. put it out that, I was like, yo, that's Elder Sensei from Artifacts. Brother, when I put that album on, I was like, ooh, I was like, <laughs> artifacts right here, brother. So tell me, how was that, man, making that album? Well, when I got to deal with Fat Beats, I knew a lot of dudes that worked there just from them being working in the store. So now I'm, I'm going to the factory where they, you know, actually make the records and, you know, stock everything up. So I had the meeting, and when the meeting was over, they always like, yo, uh, El, come here, come here, come here. I was, I was like, yo, we heard you going, you signed it. I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, you know what? Just what you said. He's like, yo, that relaxed relating was dope. But I know it was mad personal for you because that was a lot of stuff you wanted to get off your chest as far as you and Tame. I was like, yeah. He said, but yo, on this one, yo, yo, hell, don't even think about none of that shit. Yo, just go in hard. Don't even, don't, don't, don't think about nothing. I was like, all right, bet, bet. And I started making these songs and I was gathering dudes up. Uh, you know, I called K-Def. I said, look, I got this much. What's up? What can I get? So it was pretty much like that. I called Socrates. I knew him just coming back and forth to New York from Canada. <clears throat> when I told him I wanted a track, he was like, just a track? I said, yeah, I, I, I would love a verse, but I, I like your beats too. So he was shocked. I asked him for that because I'm a fan of him. So well, it, it just everything was working. You know, even Sean P being on the record, you know what I'm saying? That's a, that was a blessing for me. Man, rest in even peace, though I, man. even though I, even though I told him I had some bread for him, it was just the fact that in the, in this hip hop game, you travel and you meet dudes. We met them early '95, '96. <clears throat> we did tours with them, um, so you be, you become friends. So he, I brought him to Jersey. You know, it just so happened that he passed, and my producer that. Not that didn't make he didn't make the beat, but my man Rel made the beat. But he came and Sean came to he came to my hood. He's like, Yo, I know people out here. I was like, You don't know nobody out here. <laughs> and we we in the barbershop. Yo, I swear we in the barbershop. And he went outside the door. He's standing in front of the door. But then I I don't know where. Yo, yo, Sean. I was like, No way. He in my hood. And somebody he dude came across the street. We're talking to him. I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> so he's like, Yo, I told you I know people yo out here. I was like, oh, that's funny. But that was like on cue, on cue funny. So to have him on it, that was that was good. Even to this day, people don't realize he was on the song with me until his anniversary rolled up and people start posting all the songs and they were like, yo, I didn't know you did a song with So, you know, uh, that record that record was fun because it was fast. Uh, working with Illmind with the Crowd Pleaser record, that's, that Crowd Pleaser record is 
guaranteed my hit record out of everything I've done solo, that record, I could do that record anywhere, and that record will work. I remember I was in Poland and doing the crowd. I, I got through like four or five songs. Everybody rocking with me. He was not. He's in the crowd like straight up like, yo, where is my man OSTR? I don't want to see this black guy. What is going on? And I, I I noticed him. I said, yo, my man, you right there. Like, you ain't rocking to nothing. I said, you know what? I got one song, B. I got one song I got to fucking play right now. I guarantee you going to like this song. Out of everything I'm going to do tonight, you're going to like this one song. He's in the crowd so tough. He, he, he didn't want to crack a smile, but he did when I said that. Man, and that song came on. I was directing all my energy to him. I'm pointing to him. And my man had the spotlight on him. Got to that second verse, he got he started bopping his head. He looked at me I like bet. yes, this one, this one. I was like, all right, my man, that's what's up. I was like, good. He said he he let me rock the rest of the show. Cause earlier he was just kept screaming in the crowd, OSTR. <laughs> he coming, man. Wait, wait till I'm finished. But that <laughs> that those songs for me, you know, I, I pretty much with a few producers, uh engineers in the studio, we made that record work in a way where I was very happy about the results for that record because it pretty much set me up to do everything else after that. And to this day, people still come to me and talk about that record. And I'm, I'm, that was like a, a kid. Like I made a kid with that record. You know, relax, relax, relax was dope. But like my man said, yo, you coming here? We don't want to hear that personal shit. We want to hear you rock out. I bet. But you was always you 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 was always good, man. Like with that first song on the album, it's like you like busting that door open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it, it gotta you know that was one thing we was taught because you gotta remember coming out in the nineties. You think about all the albums that came out, all the first songs were always dope. Man, all the, I don't care if it's an intro with it talking. The song after that comes on, it has to come out the gate. Bong and everything after that, so you can't have a fast song, slow song. First, first song, bong, 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 and calm down, and bong, calm down a little bit more. Come and then just you can't. You got to take the listening on a roller coaster ride and not have everything all straight and formulaic where they know already. Oh, this is the girl song. This is this song. Every song got to come out the gate banging, and then you slow them down a little bit, and then you start explaining. Then it's like I always say, it's like a book. When you when we when we was in school, what they so they taught you in English English class. You, when you go through, you got the table of contents, the yep. introduction, you got the story, got the middle is you got the yep, you got the climax. Then it, it's either you do do the cliffhanger or you bring them down easy. That's how you. I feel like you make records. You set them up in the beginning, like just like some movies. You, John Wick, come on, you watch John Wick movies. <laughs> yeah. Set part, part part two. Soon as it came on, motorcycle chase. Getting hit up and the nigga hitting him with the car. <laughs> so you it, it can make it start off like that. Yeah. Or, or you could, you know, explain the origin story and Sydney, blow it up to the middle. But for me, it always, you know, you want to take him straight to the to the juggler on the first couple of songs. Straight to it, man. Just grab it. So exactly. you're very consistent, man, when it comes to your releases, right? Mm-hmm. So right after that, you drop global takeover. Global Takeover, you was actually going out of your range a little bit. Yeah. You were testing yourself with that album. Mm-hmm. You want to explain that? Yeah, you, that was that, that was that was me going to Poland uh, at a time where I'm looking at 
home and I'm looking at New York, I'm looking at all the situation with the independent record labels, everything that was going on in New York, it was changing. So I remember I was like, okay, uh, I got to do something else. And like I said, Europe is always open. They always moving. They always doing stuff. So uh, my man, uh, DJ Illegal from the Snow Goons, he hit me up. I was like, yo, these dudes want you to do a drop for them. I did the drop. Then he, they was like, yo, they want you to do a, a verse uh, with the, these dudes that they know in Poland called A-Front. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, I did it. Then they was like, yo, they want to do more music with you. And I'm like, well, like what? Like, like an EP. I said, oh, tell them to hit me up. So we started talking. They sent me a couple of beats. I recorded one song. When they got that one song, they was like, damn, okay, let's do some more. So I'm trying to record at, in out here, and it was hard for me to do that because like, I'm doing a whole bunch of everything else. So they was like, yo, we want to bring you to Poland. Oof. I was like, okay, all right. So I'm like, what's, what's the situation? So they set up, they already had a deal with this label called Asphalt. Uh, we, I went out there, had a meeting with them. Um, and at the same time, you know, these dudes was like 17, 19 years old at the time. It's 2007. And, um, you know, we just went to work. I got out there and these dudes, music was sounding like what the time was at when every Primo, you could tell the dude was heavily influenced by Primo, as you can tell by some of the songs and me hanging with them doing that record we i got to learn what they liked and i wanted them to know just because i'm older don't mean i don't know all this shit that y'all playing to me so at the time uh marco polo and torrey had an album uh, double barrel and they were playing it they were playing that and i'm like yo i know this i know all of this shit y'all playing don't take don't take me like because i think i'm an og so i was playing them shit too that they never heard before so i'm playing a lot of dilly shit i'm playing a lot of uh different cali music and you know just uh, different artists so they was like oh okay so he do know some stuff so i'm just trying to play them shit that i'm i'm influenced by and by the time we did everything we did on that ep and when we was we did the global takeover two homeboy my man little just stepped it up i was like oh you paid attention huh so he's like mm. yeah yeah I, I see but but for him it was a challenge of him showing me like don't sleep on me because I'm from here, like, I can't make that variety of different stuff. So when he was showing me that, I, I was straight up was like, yo, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, why you wasn't playing that type of stuff? Like, I just wanted to show you I can't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bet, bet. So, like, you know, that was dope because it, when we got to the second one, you could tell the, the, us being together, we built the chemistry, and everybody had a job to do. I do the rhymes, my man do the beats, and, and uh, Fial do the cuts. So them being as young as they was, they were learning from me too, and I'm learning from them. We, we traveling around doing, I was doing hip hop camp early, like 2009, 2006, or stuff like that, where, you know, people were doing it now, like, it's, it's not, I, I was already doing it, but with them. So they got to see me do shows, and was like, oh, wow, right. man, it's like, yeah, and, and I'm showing them, like, yo, I, come on. Like, I could, we could do this. And that shit was working. You know, we was, you know, and to, I was with them for like a month going around doing all that stuff, man. And we was like, I stayed at their house. I'm in there showing these dudes, yo, on some man shit. Like, look, y'all got to clean this up. We got to do, you can tell these dudes, young bachelor dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, straight out yeah, of like yeah. high school, go college type shit. So all their friends is like, 
is the same age, and I'm hanging. They see me there, and they're like, "Oh shit, the house is clean. Shit, like it smells good here, and it's food cooking." And they and I was like, "Yo, if anything y'all gonna do, if y'all got girlfriends, y'all gotta do, fix this up. Like we can't be here, and y'all trying to bring people here and girls." But they that was just me showing them. This is how I am when I'm not doing no music. Yeah. This is who I am when y'all not looking at this and playing the records or whatever, looking at the videos. I'm a regular dude, but it's like a superhero. You got to take your cape off, take your mask off. A lot of dudes don't know how to be Clark Kent because everybody always want to be the superhero, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. And you are regular, you have an alter ego, and you get off the stage, and you have to go back to being, I'm Elliot. <laughs> so yeah, how about I'm not, I'm not, I'm not always Elder Sensei, you know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I, I tell, I'm not on it like that. I'm a, I just tell people I happen to, I'm like you, but I just happen to do music and been doing it for a long time. But and you know how to balance thing. it. You know how to right, balance right, it out. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. So, L, tell me, you do a lot, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't know. You get down with the production. Yeah, I, I say this. In the past, uh, when me and Tame was, even in, in the beginning, I did a lot of, a lot of the beat we both did, my man Rhino. Uh, but once we got into making the records, I was like, you know what? I can't do this and that, you know, and my, at the time, I was, I, was, I didn't feel like I was good enough to make the kind of record we were supposed to make on my own. So like when we got to Big Beat, they were like, who y'all want to work with? Of course, we like, Lord Pro, Pete Rock, uh, Primo. They're like, yo, you know, y'all ain't got no money for that. Y'all ain't got no bread for that. Uh, and something so, else, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I but then they had T-Ray, you know, and, and that's and we, Buck Wild, first time coming out, we pick him. So if, if anything we do have, as a group is a good ear for music. I always say like all the songs that we ever done that was dope, that was us channeling. If we could make a beat like this, it would be, it would sound like that, but it's, it's Buck, but it's T-Ray and it's Redman. And it's so like, even for me now, like I man, I have a different producers I like to work with that may not be top tier, but they beat sound just the goddamn same or better. So, I don't believe you know, in that. I don't. I don't believe in that. L. Mm, I believe. Nah, me neither. I, yeah, I believe like I believe like a producer's a producer, and whoever takes the liking, you know, you like you like what you like. You know what I mean? Right, because you know you never know what you're gonna like anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I always say a beat sometimes ain't nothing without the ver words, and the words ain't nothing until you get that track. You got that right. And I. I so, how do you feel now that? In this day and era, right? Mm -hmm. The producers are getting a lot of recognition now. Mm -hmm. Where back then they did, you know, you got the you had the DJ premieres, you know, you had the large professors, the Pete Rocks. But I feel like those same guys are getting more props now than what they did uh, back yeah. then. What you gotta say they, about that? And and that's a, a testament to hard work because if it's so funny that you know, more people my age don't know that certain dudes are still working and still making records. Yeah. And, and, so, and like, on if a bigger I tell, level. Right. And if I tell somebody like, yo, P Rock got out and if that, they might know Skazoo. And I'm like, yo, you know, he got an album with Skazoo. And I play it. They'd be like, damn, the nigga beat sound even better than what you remember because I know you're not too up on what he may be doing now. And they'd be shocked. 
you know, and I tell them, like, yo, these dudes that you know, AG, you know, we all still making records. You know, Jamie the Damager at OG, still making records and, and sound just as good as we did back then. And that's just the, today, dudes, people should know that this is accessible because of the internet. And that's what I tell everybody. If you want to know where your favorite rappers at, the AZ just put out new music. Like, come on, the Lot's new album is crazy. Yes, right? oh, isn't my, it? Man, oh, man. man. And but if people not up on their favorite artists to think that they're not working, they won't know that it's, it's out there. They won't know, man. They won't know. So, but so that's why you got problem. the true hip hop heads, yeah. man. And it's, and it's up to the listener to follow your artist, man. Follow. Don't don't think that because you see all this shit on the radio and on TV that they're not working. You got to follow your favorites because they they always doing something. So, with the G G T two, the new world. Mm. Yeah. I felt like you were like introducing the new world mm-hmm. or or meshing the the new world with the with the older you know rappers right how right, did right. that how did that come about well like i said the the, sec, the first one was called gt uh global takeover the beginning mm-hmm. and i just like wanted these dudes to uh, uh understand what i knew they was capable of that second album we did i did with them they i told them i said look y'all gotta find a, a sound like, you know, y'all do know that Polish artists make is a time periods of music where they did funk, where they did, you know, records that sounded something like what we was making in America. So when we would be on the road, they started picking that up. I was like, you know what? You're right. So they started digging for Polish records. Mm. So that Global Takeover 2, all of the records on that album is Polish samples, except for maybe like one or two songs. And wow. I and I told them I said yo y'all gotta look for shit I, like y'all can't use the same records that people in America use because you gonna have the same sound same and they listened sound. to me and and it worked and that record you know I wanted to prove to them and show them that what we did on that the beginning record was really the beginning you know y'all gonna get to know me doing this and as they did they got to, we got to make that second one. And the second one is blowing the first one out of the water. To have acro, to have acrobatic. That's one of my good dudes. Oh, he acrobatic is, is a monster. Yeah, so I, I got him <laughs> on the joint. Um, yeah. And, and I had um, uh, Rock Moss on on the song early before everybody picked mm-hmm. up on him. You know, my man uh, uh, reaped the lost cause. You know, from from your area, Philly, yep. PA area. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, I just wanted to make. A record, and they, and they pretty much was fans of these guys too. So they, I'm out on a road with them. They're like, who who you think you could get to be on the album? I said, well, I like acrobatic. You know, let's try to get act. I know Ty Phoenix. You know, let's put a girl on the record. I know her. She dope. And they did. They listened to me. <clears throat> Only thing that was different for me, I wasn't able to be in the studio with them when they was mixing. So it was little techniques I would have wanted them to do a on different. the record. Where and not even say it was just like drops. Like little stuff here and there. So they were like, oh, would you like take all the music out? I was like, no, take out a kick and bring the music back in on the snare. And, you mm-hmm. know, I told them, I told them to listen to Low End Theory album and P Rock album just so they could see what I was talking about. Cause, or like say De La Soul albums, because that's what, that's how we learned to make records by listening and seeing the techniques they were using. So the result was what I wanted. So the little shit I was asking for was my tedious thing that I wanted to hear. But other than that, they did what I asked them to do and the record came out banging. I was happy with it. 
And that's great to have the best of both worlds because, you know, you a hip-hop artist, you rap, and you also produce. So nobody could go in there and jive you, you know, like, ah, right, right, right. Yeah, this is how I do this. And I'm like, nah, man, this is how I do this, you know what I mean? And, and because we all had a separate job, you know, I was, yeah. I was always encouraging them to understand, like, we're going to probably, you know, I can't tell little how to make the beat. I can't tell you how to scratch. Just the same, all I'm asking y'all to do is, before I start writing, think of something that you might want me to talk about topic-wise, because I'll just go and just do my own thing. And, and I always tell people the vibe of the beat made me think about what I'm going to say. So if I'm hearing all these beats, boom, boom, ba 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 I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make the topic song. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make the, the action-packed song. Jump there out the window, go. glass flying, explosion. <laughs> ain't going to be no thought to it. It's going to be like, all right, Arnold Schwarzenegger time. Let's go. There you go. <laughs> so that immortal immortal technique that you guys did, man, that album was insane. I feel so, yeah, like it was like a, a, a lyricist bomb. Immortals Project, yeah. Yeah, Immortals Project. I'm sorry. Okay. That right there, that was that was, uh, that was was crazy. Now that, me and my man Duplicates, we did the first album. Uh, it was more like an EP, just like I did with the Returners. Yeah. And when the second album came, he did the same thing my man Little did. He just, he got to know me and and started making beats that was accustomed to my style. And, you know, him knowing me as a person, he got to see, like, all right, this type of shit he liked. And and my man Duplicates was not saying so much a drum and bass artist, beat maker, but he he had a, a a whole different kind of concept of what he was doing, and I saw that. And from him getting to know me, and him, you know, he was he was around me through like going to radio stations, interviews, studios, everything. So where he was like, okay, I'm gonna do something that's gonna fit L rather than me making L fit me. To a point where I was looking at him like, yo, what are you doing? What happened? Like where you just switched because being in the world I'm in, he got to see other producers too, where he's like, you know what, if I'm going to be anywhere close to doing things that these other guys are doing, let me make my sound a whole lot bigger and different. Mm. And I noticed it instantly because the record, when you hear the first one to the second one, you know, we put Sadat on the album, we put Cool Keep on the album. We had a couple of remixes on there. And we had some dope videos. We won two uh, Australian Independent Video Awards out there. We wow, didn't get to travel. We didn't get to travel out there, but I, I got them sitting on my little, you know, hey, little stand. Man. But it's all you know, matters, and, and, man. And, and, and hey, exactly. I said it's wherever it's, it's popping at, we go, it, that's where we go. That's where so you that record, go. That record did that record did a lot for us. So we we actually working on a new one right now. We almost finished, and this one is even bigger than the last. one. Wow, that's 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 amazing to hear. You you travel a lot, man. You definitely travel a lot. Yeah, that's why everybody asks me like, "Yo, how you doing? You can't go nowhere in Europe. Like, I know you, <laughs> I know it's killing you." I was like, "Actually, no, because the the reason why I go to Europe is to make things happen." Where I always say, if I can make things happen at home in the states, the same way we make it happen out there, we will be fine. Yes, because it's, it's totally different out there than being out here. It's a whole different world, man. Yeah, man. They, they, they love it hip hop more. They love it more. They and love not it. Even, and it's not even that. Uh, it's also, they question why it's not still the same as, because when you go out there, all the when you, I don't care where you are, Amsterdam, London, Paris, all the shows that we do, all the DJs that play the music, all playing 90s music. It's going to be primo. It's going to be all the, but it's, be, it's new hip hop too, but 
the vibe of the night is underground. You're not going to hear no radio shit unless you go to a club that's playing it. Wow. They take, they, the DJ take pride in that because they know we're coming. These dudes in the show opening up, so everybody know all. They come to real hip hop tonight. They expect, that's right. They, they, look, <laughs> they expect they expect to hear all that. It's the real hip hop. It's over here. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. They, and they wait. They wait for it. They and wait they, for they it. Eat it up. And we, and we, and they try to figure out like I, even when I went to Japan, they the same way. Them little dudes out there dressed like we did in the nineties, but cleaner, <laughs> not so baggy pants. But these dudes is fresh, yo. They got on polos. They got on like all the damn hot sneakers. I'm looking, and it's like I remember my, this dude took me to his record store, and like all his crew came. Then none of these dudes speak English, and they all in the store looking at, staring at me, staring at me. We before we were in the store, we outside. It was the funniest scene ever. These dudes all looking at me. I got my Jordans on. I got, I'm, I'm, I got, I got, I'm, I'm decked out. These dudes just staring out. at me. They staring at me. I'm looking at them. I'm saying to myself, the way y'all looking at me. I, and I told them, oh, yo, my man, interpret, interpret. I said, tell them the way they, <laughs> I said, the way they, tell them, I said, the way they looking at me, I'm looking at them the same way. Ask them right now how they feel. It's like, yo, you still, they, they said to me, you're still same from 90s, but your gear today's night. Like, y'all, y'all look like me back in the day, which I Japanese. <laughs> so they started laughing. Uh, and, and I said, and, and, uh, I, the, even my man's store looked like Fat Beat store in New York. Mm. How he designed it in the inside. I, I felt weird walking it because, you know, even the outside looked like a bodega. We got in the inside oh, and I was like, crazy. wait a minute. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said, are we in Fat Beat right now? Because he's he been there a couple of times. So he told, he did the whole design my man made that shit look like I thought I was back in New York. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow, that's that that's beautiful. Cause, so, and that's how much they care, man. Yeah, because in Europe, record stores still exist. Oh yeah, no, nah, definitely. I mean, that's just here, we, man. We go to do in stores all through Europe. You know, See? every time we go to different cities, I ask them, "Is there a record store in the neighborhood?" They be like, "Yeah, yeah." And we go there, we do the in store, and we let people know we because. When you go to these towns, if you you still got to promote. So we go to this, we go to all these cities ahead of time, telling people on Instagram we're gonna be there, and we tell them where the install gonna be. And they and because a lot of the kids cannot come to the shows. Mm. You, you yo, you see them either 18, 17, They all outside in the front of the club, looking through the window because they can't get and, in. Exactly. So you know they they. So they come to the, so we noticed that, and that's when we started doing more in stores because we know they can't come to the show. So we tell them to come to the in store. We do a couple of songs for them. They buy merch, and then we take pictures with, them, and they leave. Boom! That's that's a that's a good strategy there with that. Yeah. Yep. So when XL came out, right? Mm-hmm. I, I you know I went to the record store because there was still a couple of record stores out here. Yeah, and, and it was hard to get that record out in America. Listen, I went. And uh, when I seen it, I was like, damn, what took them so long? Oh, they long? had it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, damn, what took them so long, man? Oh, man, that took us seven years to make that record. I know, because they were talking about it one time, but I guess it went like, I don't know, I guess Sadat had a lot going on. You had you guys traveled, yeah, we was, schedules. Yeah, 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 yeah. You That's know, so happened. it kind of it went out. So how was that chemistry working with, with Sadat? You know, both of you were you actually physically in a studio together? Yes, okay. we were. So you guys were in a studio together. We, we made we made we made sure to do that because it made for better chemistry. You know, yes. I know I know X. I've done songs. I did a few songs with him, and 
this was more or less okay, you know. I play and it wasn't that hard at all to work with X. I played him beats. I played beats for him and I'm like, how you feel about that? I bet let's go. <laughs> X like, X is ready to go, man. Yeah, he, he like he's the Capricorn like me, so he machine, he don't stop. So I, I just just feed him feed him what you need him to do. X follow directions well, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we would have a conversation and he'll go in the booth and his verse would be about what we just talked about. Like, oh shit, I didn't even know because we ain't discuss, you know, it's like that with me and Tame. We get in the studio, we don't discuss what we're going to talk about. We just sit down, turn the beat on, and pretty much know where we got to stop at and everything like that. So unless we have a conversation tonight, because me and X, that was our first time, we had to have conversations where we was like, okay, you know, I'm going to start this song. And it was times where I would, I would get to the studio, like the Power Move song. He already had that shit laid when I got there. He was doing the second, he was doing the second verse. He had the hook done already, and that was the hardest thing on the record for me to follow his ass on that hook. So I had to match my voice almost to him, and it was hard because his voice so high pitched and my deep voice. So I was trying to bring myself to be on his on his wavelength, and I, that was the hardest thing to do. And it was one song uh, where he didn't do his his ad libs. So we was in my man, we me and Jake sitting in the studio, we mixing, and he's like, "Yo, L, am I mistaken or like?" X didn't do the the ad libs on this one. I said, "Yo, you, you're right. Guess what? Let's go. I'm about to be X background voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did his ad libs on on on, a, on one song. Oh, so, that know. is cool, man. But X X was he's he's, he's a hard, professional, hardworking dude. So yes, it was is. a treat. It was a treat for me to work with him because no matter how many years I've known him, every time he would go in that studio, my man looked at me like, yo, that shit sounds fire, bro. I was a little, I'm still pinching myself. Cause it was, it was like pretty much, I was driving the car. X was like, yo, hey, you, you can drive, yo, if you want. I was like, worried. So he's like, hey, you what you want, L? So I pretty much drove the car. It was like, I was driving him around. Like, all right, this is how I drive X. You know, I ain't gonna drive too wild, but I'm gonna yeah. take you in a good direction. And he pretty much was like, and we did a lot with that record we go and we working on the next one so you know even when we went to europe to promote that we was he saw how i really moved where it was like when we got tools to get them to get the job done we was able to do features we was doing interviews we going it's all just me and him doing this it's like i tell him and give him update we'd be in the train and we go into another city I'm like yo i got this feature set up and we get there we're going to get the studio so, so he was like where, where? and it is like this is how we can eat x you know without nobody's help all we need is a home to put the record out, and we hire everybody to do what they need to do, and we straight. There you go. That, 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 was, that was a dope. That was a dope project. That is perfect. So, you being around all this time, right? How do you see things from back then till now? Mm. Like, what actually? I'm not gonna say pisses you off, but what are you disappointed in from back in the day till now that you see from the difference? Well, today is fucking a whole lot better to get do the work part where you waited for a lot of stuff to happen. Uh, you can control your career now. You can pretty much take yourself in a direction where you're not arguing with this dude over here because he don't know where you come from and how your shit's supposed to work. So the only thing that made me upset about these times are that, and it's mostly dudes from my era, still think that we're in those same times back then with today there's nobody to hold your hand 
or tell you everything you need to do agent wise or promoted publicity and all this shit. Like you run your shit now. It's you. So when you don't see people capitalizing off something and they have a name, I always remind them like, yo, there's a lot of little dudes over here that would love to be in your position that got a whole bigger platform and you give them those tools and they could, they'll know what to do with it quick. Where today, you know, dudes still ain't even, even internet savvy enough to motivate and move around online to do certain things. That's disappointing. Because at this age where we at, you got all these techie-ass phones. Your ass better know how to do something. And <laughs> first thing is learn how to take pictures. You know, dudes don't even know how to do that. I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, you don't need to hire somebody to do that. No. You know, there's a lot of tools out there like Shopify. That's cool. If you're selling merch, you don't need Shopify. I tell people that all the time. Why you want to pay somebody $35 a month and they're not, and if you ain't selling shit, you still got to pay $35 a month. When you could just, you know, there's nothing wrong with posting your uh, PayPal address or Cash App because who's cracking that code? Who's going to really spend time to try? They can't even do that. So, and then also, when you go to the Shopify, when you go to the checkout, it, guess what you see? Biggest day. PayPal, whose name you think is linked to that? It's the artist, or unless they got somebody working for them that's doing it for them. But most of the time, if you in control, you'll be the one behind the your account is on that paypal and it, and because shopify is different it'll say google pay apple pay it ain't gonna say cash app it'll probably say it ain't gonna say venmo either because they're gonna go with the one they uh, we trust paypal yeah we trust, we trust. apple pay we, yeah, trust, we trust so and as and 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 as customers you know i try to tell dudes don't don't think you got to go to teesprings and all these other people that think you're making a one-off t-shirt you need inventory. And they be like, oh, I want inventory. You, yeah, you don't want it because you need to sell that shit. Get rid of it. Promote it. So you don't have it sitting in your house. That's the excuse that they have for you that, you know, to say, you know, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you. They're making you lazy. That's a good you point, man. All, You can get all this shit, you know, made up and in your crib. If you go get it, you're going to get rid of it. I'll tell everybody this. You can look at it in a lot of ways as a street vendor, as a drug dealer, or a corporate dude. And however way you look at it, it's all the same. It's all you the same. You just got to make the money and flip it and come back, keep doing the same thing over and over till you understand what you're doing to where you feel like, all right, now let me get stickers. Let me get this. Let me get, you got to make the package bigger than just you. I'm selling hoodies and shirts. There's more to it than doing that. You have to really accessorize your your merch to where it's just, you know, so if people's like, then what you gonna have artifact toilet paper next? Uh, probably so. Why? You think I should? Because now when they see the markers and they they see an umbrella or they see it like I'm like, look, you sell everything, not just everything. one or two things. You know, everything, everything. Man, that is so true. So if you could tell, you you put out a lot of knowledge today for the younger people, the older people, pretty much universal. If you could say two things to the younger people that are coming up mm -hmm. in the rap game, what would you tell them? I'd say uh, the reason why I'm still doing it today is because I'll take it seriously. And if you don't take this seriously, you will not be happy doing it because a lot of people get frustrated fast, especially a newer person because they, they think they're nice. 
they automatically like all all of us did because you think you're gonna put your shit out and you're gonna blow or you're gonna fly off the shelf. And it's not like that. So I, I try to tell people, you know, have expectations for yourself and but don't don't kill yourself trying to do it either. It's it's a way it's ways to do this shit in an easy way where, you know, if you but you're gonna need help. And just don't get frustrated. So, you know, it ain't gonna work automatically overnight. I say that because I've been doing this over 25 plus years and you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. But if you believe in yourself, I always say that, like I try to tell people to go to the, go play the, go to B street movie and play the believe song at the end. <laughs> you got to play Lino. You got to got watch the whiz and watch Lena Horn sing that song. Cause that's the only way that shit going to fly. If you believe that's in it. what you're doing and, 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 and also, like all the advice I can give you is make hot shit. Like you, 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 yo, that's it. That's it. Like my man told me, you only good as your last record. So if you want to survive in this shit, you better make everything hot. Every record gotta be dope, one after the other. Every album, you better be writing bars of fire in order to give yourself a chance to even get heard. You know. So I know it's good to do the freestyle thing too. One thing I don't like to see all my all these cats. Freestyle them in the inst- don't be don't be don't be giving away free bars. Yeah, that's not. You know that's don't not, give away yeah. no free bars. Don't be don't be listening to all these DJs. You know, you get on their platforms, picture sixteen. Them niggas is not playing y'all records when that shit come out. They don't care, but they they need content. They need. I be get I be get I be getting on a lot of dudes that be having those pages with mad. You know, freestyles all through there. But what are you giving the artists back by doing that? Because you just playing their shit. You got content for your shit. But are you helping that artist? You gonna break them when they real shit come out? Just not the freestyle. I'm talking about the record. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I tell mm-hmm. artists pay pay attention to everything that you're doing because you if, if you got to use these motherfuckers just like they they using you. Yeah, pay attention. Man. Get the pay most. Attention. Get the most out of it. Get the most out of it. Get the most out of it because they won't even shout you out, man. That's that's unfortunate. Right Definitely not. It's unfortunate, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Elder Sensei, how do you stay healthy? Through all your travels, through all everything that you do, how do you stay healthy in the game, man? To go this long? Wow. Uh, um, I always been into working out. Uh, I I played sports as a kid, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I always had some kind of workout gear in the house. Uh, I try not to eat bad. I cook every day. I don't. Only time I'm eating something, I'll say the most I ever eat McDonald's is if I'm just like lazy or we on the road. Yeah. And it ain't too much good food to get to. But majority of the time I, I cook, even when we on the road, I try to cook. Um, you really got to drink water, take care of yourself. You be on these stages, uh, you would never really realize how much you got to be in shape when you performing for an hour. And when you get off that stage, man, your lungs be hurt. <laughs> it be done, man. <laughs> yeah, stomach. My stomach muscles be on fire because, uh, like singers, they tell you not to sing from here because if you do that, you you won't be able to do as many as five or six shows. When you got seventeen shows, you can't you can't be out there partying and drinking and all this stuff. Like I smoke, but that's the most I do. I don't do nothing else. I drink a brew here and there. Uh, I keep a bottle of liquor in my crib for a minute. You'd be like, damn, you still got that? I'm you like, still yeah, got I'm, that? <laughs> I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse with mine. So, I, you know, go. but it's, it's I, I, you know, I just try to stay as 
as healthy as you are is as long as you're going to go. As long as you're going to go. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Well, Elder Sensei, that was amazing. We appreciate you coming through. Thank you, man. Let's chop it up with Zaz. And this is Elder Sensei. And he just broke down, broke down some gems today. You guys better take heed. And we're going to yep. say peace. Peace, y'all. Artifacts. No expiration date. Buck wild. Coming soon. Bam. You guys heard it here first. He's breaking it, man. He's breaking it. All right. <laughs> All right.